Part One, Chapter Five: A Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Angelique Campbell. Chapter Five: Eliza. The writer stated in her book that Eliza was a portrait drawn from life. The incident which brought the original to her notice may be simply narrated while the writer was travelling in kentucky many years ago she attended church in a small country town while there her attention was called to a beautiful quadroon girl who sat in one of the slips of the church and appeared to have charge of some young children the description of eliza may suffice for a description of her when the author returned from church she inquired about the girl and was told that she was as good and amiable as she was beautiful that she was a pious girl and a member of the church and finally that she was owned by mr so-and-so the idea that this girl was a slave struck a chill to her heart and she said earnestly oh i hope they treat her kindly oh certainly was the reply they think as much of her as of their own children i hope they will never sell her said a person in the company certainly they will not a southern gentleman not long ago offered her master a thousand dollars for her but he told him that she was too good to be his wife and he certainly should not have her for mistress this is all that the writer knows of that girl with regard to the incident of eliza's crossing the river on the ice as the possibility of the thing has been disputed the writer gives the following circumstance in confirmation last spring while the author was in new york a presbyterian clergyman of ohio came to her and said i understand they dispute that fact about the woman's crossing the river now i know all about that for i got the story from the very man that helped her up the bank i know it is true for she is now living in canada it has been objected that the representation of the scene in which the plan for kidnapping eliza concocted by haley marks and loker at the tavern is a gross caricature on the state of things in ohio what knowledge the author has had of the facilities which some justices of the peace under the old fugitive law of ohio were in the habit of giving to kidnapping may be inferred by comparing the statement in her book with some in her personal knowledge you see said marks to haley stirring his punch as he did so you see we has justices convenient at all points along shore that does up any little jobs in our line quite reasonable tom he does the knocking down in that air and i come in all dressed up shining boots everything first chop when the swearin's to be done you ought to see me now said marks in a glow of professional pride how i can tone it off one day i missed twickham from new orleans another day i just came from my plantation on pearl river where i works seven hundred niggers then again i come out a distant relation to henry clay or some old cock in kentucky talents is different you know now tom's a roarer when there's any thumping or fighting to be done but at line he ain't good tom ain't you see it don't come natural to him but lord if there's a feller in the country that can swear to anything and everything and put in all the circumstances and flourishes with a longer face and carry it through better than i can why i'd like to see him that's all i believe my heart i could get along and make through even if justices were more particular than they is sometimes i rather wish they was more particular 
twould be a heap more relishin if they was more fun you know in the year eighteen thirty nine the writer received into her family as a servant a girl from kentucky she had been the slave of one of the lowest and most brutal families with whom she had been brought up in a log cabin in a state of half barbarism in proceeding to give her religious instruction the author heard for the first time in her life an inquiry which she had not supposed possible to be made in america who is jesus christ now anyhow when the author told her the history of the love and life and death of christ the girl seemed wholly overcome tears streamed down her cheeks and she exclaimed piteously why didn't nobody never tell me this before but said the writer to her haven't you ever seen the bible yes i have seen missus a reading on it sometimes but law's sakes she's just a reading on it cause she could don't suppose it did her no good no way she said she had been to one or two camp meetings in her life but didn't notice very particular at all events the story certainly made great impression on her and had such an effect in improving her conduct that the writer had great hopes of her on inquiring into her history it was discovered that by the laws of ohio she was legally entitled to her freedom from the fact of her having been brought into the state and left there temporarily by the consent of her mistress these facts being properly authenticated before the proper authorities papers attesting her freedom were drawn up and it was now supposed that all danger of pursuit was over after she had remained in the family for some months word was sent from various sources to professor stowe that the girl's young master was over looking for her and that if care were not taken she would be conveyed back into slavery professor stowe called on the magistrate who had authenticated her papers and inquired whether they were not sufficient to protect her the reply was certainly they are in law if she could have a fair hearing but they will come to your house in the night with an officer and a warrant they will take her before justice d and swear to her he's the man that does all this kind of business and he'll deliver her up and that'll be an end to it mr stowe then inquired what could be done and was recommended to carry her to some place of security till the inquiry for her was over accordingly that night a brother of the author with professor stowe performed for the fugitive that office which the senator is represented as performing for eliza they drove about ten miles on a solitary road crossed the creek at a very dangerous fording and presented themselves at midnight at the house of john van zant a noble-minded kentuckian who had performed the good deed which the author in her story ascribes to van tromp after rapping at the door the worthy owner of the mansion appeared candle in hand as has been narrated are you the man that would save a poor colored girl from kidnappers was the first question guess i am was the prompt response where is she why she's here but how did you come why i crossed the creek why the lord helped you said he i shouldn't dare cross it myself in the night a man and his wife and five children were drowned there a little while ago the reader may be interested to know that the poor girl never was retaken that she married well in cincinnati is a very respectable woman and the mother of a large family of children end of part one chapter five eliza